This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Cause I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody who saved my soul, ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing, I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus, I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, and as I've said the last year and a half, flying solo, and Pastor Count Keltner will not be happy this week. When he listens to this show, anytime we have anybody that even says the word Oklahoma, he jumps up and down, his voice starts changing, and all of a sudden, he's talking like he's from Oklahoma, man. And if you remember all the time, especially like Bobby Bowden, when by the end of that show, I couldn't even, I didn't even understand or recognize that voice of Pastor Ken Keltner. Well, our special guest today, he is a, he's in, lives in Oklahoma, and not that far from Tulsa, maybe an hour, hour and a half, something like that. Our guest is Ryan Shelton. He's an author, high school administrator. He was a tennis coach, tennis player growing up. He uh, was a, a high school teacher and now has moved into the administration role. But he's written a couple of books that we're going to talk to Ryan about. Hey, Ryan, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? Good. What's uh, I would assume it's nice and hot in Oklahoma today. Yeah, the, uh, it, it's right around 100 degrees. That's pretty standard for this time of the year. Man, it's even close to 100 here in Wisconsin, Ryan. And that, you know, that gets a little bit weird here because... You know, we don't see hundreds very often, but I know it's mid-90s out there. It's awfully warm for us. No, that's no good. No, it's not. It, it's not. You know, I, I like, uh, I, I guess I don't mind winters all that much. I know you don't see much snow in Oklahoma, that's for sure. <laughs> no, sir. We get snow about every two or three years. <laughs> yeah, well, we get it about every two or three hours in the wintertime. So <laughs> maybe we're just a tougher breed up here, Ryan. You know how that goes, right? Yeah, yes, sir. Hey, hey, so Ryan, thank you so much again for, for your willingness. And, and I can tell you, um, Faith in the Zone, we, we have all the sponsors that we need to keep us on the air. And, and Odyssey Station here in Milwaukee, they gave me a shot. I've, I'm a sales rep here, and I... I coached high school basketball for a really long time, so I, I, I kind of do some on-air stuff with high school sports and youth sports. But I went to them about eight years ago and said, hey, can like to do this faith-based show, and here's what I'm thinking. And they said, you know we're a secular station, right? I said, yes, sir, I do. And they, they kind of laughed. There were three guys at that point, and they said, hey, well, you know what? You go ahead. Yeah, give that a shot. And we don't think it has a six-month shelf life. Well, October, <laughs> October celebrating year eight, Right, so I think the Lord had some different plans than the boys that were running the stations back then, and it's all because of guys like you that 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 I put a call into, or I, I send an IM to at three in the morning because I don't have anybody for this week, and you respond <laughs> at seven a.m. going, "Come on, man, here I am. What do you want to talk to me about?" And so thank you for that. Um, hey, Ryan, let's talk a little bit about your background, kind of where you grew up and how you ended up in Oklahoma. Well, sure. Um... Well, actually, I'm originally from Kansas, out in western Kansas. I grew up in a little town um, situated on the Arkansas River. Um, actually, a lot of people refer to it as the uh, Arkansas River incorrectly. Uh, it's it's pronounced the Arkansas. <laughs> well, well, I'm sure I'll get a few calls on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, people down here call it the Arkansas. They just don't know any better. Actually, there was uh, some... Uh, 
there there was some uh, stuff in uh, the Senate and the the House of Representatives in Kansas that made it officially the uh, Arkansas River. But um, I, I digress. Um, yeah, I grew up a pretty normal uh, in a pretty normal family. Mom and Dad both loved me. That kind of deal. Mom was um, she was the faith leader of the house. Um, Dad he he believed in God, uh, but he had had a really bad experience as a child. Uh, saw some hypocrisy, which of course every Christian is a hypocrite to some extent because we all sin, but we say we don't want to sin. I mean that's that's just how Christianity is. We're we're going to mess up, and as long as we ask for forgiveness, you know that's what's important. Well, uh, Dad had never received, I suppose, the message of forgiveness. Uh, so he saw his friends partying on Saturday night, going to church on Sunday morning, and it turned him off. So yeah. Mom really uh, raised uh, the three of us kids uh, in, in a Christian household, which was good. Dad always referred to uh, his church setting as uh, being somewhere uh, out in nature where he'd see a, a deer you know, during deer hunting and uh, the beauty of of all that and he'd say this is where i this is uh, how i witness god this is how i um am, am am part of what god wants for me so i knew he was a a christian down you know deep down um it would take a tragedy later on in life for him to finally become baptized and uh make make that official but um i grew up in a household of three kids, I was the middle child, an older brother who's uh, basically your Johnny All-American type, a uh, younger sister who will do anything for you you can imagine. I mean, she's just that uh, that type of wonderful person. Um, so I was always trying to, uh, I was always trying to um, somehow find a way to, you know, uh, go up to the the the. the I don't know how you want to say it. He, you, you know, Chris would set such a high standard yeah. when it came to sports. So he was, you know, the best at the sports he decided to play. So I would try to do everything that he did. So growing up in this little town in western Kansas, um, I played four sports throughout the year. You know, I'd play football in the fall, wrestle in the winter, tennis in the spring, and then baseball in the summer, which baseball was my most favorite sport. Um Somewhere along the way, I decided I was good enough to uh, possibly play tennis in college, and that's how I made it to college. Anyways, man, hey, tell me real quickly, what did Chris end up? Uh, what's he doing now? And was there a sport that he uh, that he specialized in back in high school? Uh, yeah, he was a really good football player. He was really good at football and baseball in particular. Well, he was good at everything he chose to do. Honestly. He uh, took a football scholarship to uh, play at the D2 level in uh, a little, little college in Topeka, Kansas. And he is now living in the Texas Panhandle. He's a uh, consultant for an energy company. Man, so he's doing uh, he's doing well, and your sister's doing well, um, too? Yeah. Good. Yeah, my sister's doing really well. Um, she is in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, home of the Jayhawks. That's, you know, that's my team even though I live in Oklahoma and uh, she has a position high up in her company and she's doing a lot of good. It's a, it's a a company where visiting uh, nurses go to uh, help elderly people who, uh, who who have a hard time, you know, getting out and seeing the doctor, that kind of deal. So good for her. Still, still serving really good work. And that's, that's awesome. So you ended up uh, playing tennis then in, in, in college. Where did you go to college? I went to, well, it's funny. I went to two different colleges. I went to uh, a little community college in Great Bend, Kansas, Barton County, and um, I ended up at Northwestern Oklahoma State, which is a funny story because I'd never been to Oklahoma before that. Um, in fact, it's 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 kind of funny. It's it's one of those stories in my life where um, I, you've seen Forrest Gump. I have, I assume, yep, right? Sure. Okay, so you know, Forrest Gump just kind of stupidly falls into all sorts of luck. Correct. Yes, he does. That's that, that's been my life in in a nutshell. Uh, after my sophomore year, as my sophomore year was winding down in college, I was having a hard time finding another place to play tennis. Uh, nobody wanted me because I was uh, the last player on our varsity team. And this uh, coach down at Northwestern in Oklahoma, he said, uh, "Hey." Um, Come on down. Uh, let's let's uh, let, uh, 
to our to our coach like let's uh let's get a duel going and our coach looked outside and it was like snowing outside so oh, it's terrible down here the the coach at northwestern said oh it's beautiful down here come on down so we get down there it's even worse you know <laughs> 45 mile an hour winds out of the north the only reason he wanted us to come down there is so he could recruit some of us so i had absolutely nowhere to go at, uh, before that coach decided to lie to my coach and say that it was beautiful down there just to get us down there. I signed on the dotted line that day, and that's where I met my wife, and that's where my life changed, and that's how I ended up in Oklahoma. So it's it's funny how God works. Well, through, you know what? Through a lie, some really good things happen. Yes. We are, uh, <laughs> we're talking to Ryan Shelton. He's an author, and we're going to get to the books, The Captain and the Mentor, a little bit later in the show. But uh, these are books that really fit well with, with uh, this, uh, this show and, and this sports uh, radio station. We'll get into those books a little bit later. He's a uh, high school administrator. He was a tennis coach and an uh, English teacher at uh, high school in Oklahoma, and, and last year decided to, to take that jump into administration and Ryan, what a year to do that, man! Right? <laughs> that was uh, that was quite the initiation. Man, I, I, you know, you guys obviously, and I've got a daughter that's a teacher, a daughter-in-law that's a teacher, and a son-in-law that's a teacher, and I've got to believe that in. I, I've told people that I wouldn't be would have I would not be an athletic director or a school administrator, um, you know, last year for any anything, because I, I think there was no template that was written that could guide you in, in administration on how to, to deal with this. And I don't know if people, you know, especially in the beginning, I don't care who you are, I don't think anybody knew how to do it. So people were just kind of throwing darts at a dartboard going, we should try this or we should do it this way or why don't you try it this way. And one thing as, as you know, an old basketball coach and a guy that does high school football shows on the radio here. I, what I really liked about it, Ryan, is you know there'd be it'd be a Wednesday or a Thursday, and two teams are supposed to play Friday, and one calls the other school and says, "Look, we we got a couple of COVID positives, we can't play," and then the one school puts out a tweet that says, "Look, our game just got canceled. Anybody else's game get canceled?" And if yours did, you want some of us? And there are schools all over the state of Wisconsin that never had played football against each other. You know, Division One and Division Three, or from way up north to here in Milwaukee, and all of a sudden they get a tweet back going, yeah, you want to come up? We want a little something. Come on, let's go. And so that team on Thursday afternoon made the decision on Friday afternoon they're going to take a two-hour bus ride to go play a high school football game against a team that they didn't know anything about. And I, for for a guy like me from the east side of Milwaukee that used to run around to playgrounds all the time to play sports when I was a kid, we never knew who we were going to play. We just walked down the court and said, you want some? Come on, let's play. And it was just fun. That's how it felt to me. Now, I wouldn't want to be the, the administrator or the athletic director that had to get all the details together, make sure the bus showed on time, make sure the bus could get us to the game on time. All that kind of stuff I would not have enjoyed. But as a guy that just had to sit back in a studio and talk about it on the radio, man, I loved it. <laughs> just loved it. Hey, did you guys uh, did you guys keep your doors open last year, or did you guys do mostly um, kids at home? We uh, we kept our doors open for the most part, um, and you're right. There was absolutely no playbook that we could go by because I mean, outside of what the 1918 Spanish flu right. pandemic, um, we we really didn't know what to do. I mean, we we relied on the health department. Um, so, you know, they're the experts in the field, and even though they were struggling to come to grips with what this pandemic was and how to uh, uh, fight it, you know, we. We definitely tried to follow their lead, and you're right. I wouldn't have wanted to be the athletic director last year either, because, uh, or, or for that matter, uh, one of our coaches. I can't imagine having a game plan after a scouting report and then finding out <laughs> mid-afternoon. Yeah, we're not going to play Team A. We're going to play Team B. Yeah, then I'll run the ball like this other team. They pass the ball. Good luck. Yeah, you know what? They, they go f- they go five <laughs> wide and they they throw the ball all, all over the field, and we're you know we're going to pack the box and and stop the run. I I just think again that goes back to just pick up stuff when when you're a kid you go to the playground or to the park and you play pickup football or basketball and you just got to figure it out on the fly and and I know that I enjoyed it a lot more than the coaches and athletic directors hey last question before we get to a break 
when you were growing up, you know, middle school, high school in, in Kansas, if, if, if I would have told you in seventh grade that you would have um, been an author of two books and, and possibly a few more down the road, what would you have thought when I told you that? I would have wondered what happened to my professional baseball career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I would have called you crazy, um, whether that's uh, writing or getting into education like I have. Um, I was not the best of students growing up. I was, um, yeah, I was one of those students that uh, the teachers would look at me and say, oh, bless his little heart. And that's, that's the saying down here, you know, for what are we going to do with this kid? <laughs> and, right. uh, yeah, that was me. Um, yeah. My my whole uh my whole plan revolved around some sort of professional sports whether it was going to be in tennis or baseball and once i finally got to college and found out that everyone else was as good as i was you know from their respective towns it gave me a little bit of perspective you know so i i would have called you crazy yeah. absolutely crazy and as for writing no I, I never even found out i had a talent for writing until somewhere around my senior year of high school man we're going to get into that uh Third segment. We're going to get to a break. Uh, okay. The second segment, Ryan, we, we always ask our guests to share their testimony, and we'll do that on the other side of the break. He is Ryan Shelton. And as we talk about these books, The Captain and the Mentor, they're available on Amazon. They're available at a number of places, but Amazon right now carries both books, and you're going to want to start with The Captain. That's the first book he wrote, and The Mentor is the second book, and and I would go in that in that order. And we'll it's the talk, other way around, actually. It's the, the mentor first and then the captain. Well, why do I Sorry. have well, – yeah, you know what's funny, Ryan, is on my sheet I have mentor one, captain two. <laughs> Wait, and, and yeah, dude, you know what? Just because I just talking about you being in high school and your teachers kind of saying, what are we going to do with this kid? I know that was me. That was me. <laughs> the mentor is the one that I would pick up first and then the captain. And it makes sense because when you look at them – the mentor, his, his, the main, the the main character. He was in high school, and then he gets to to college, and somehow gets through high school. And he gets to college, and and that's where the captain part of it comes in. Again, he is Ryan Shelton, again author, high school administrator, lives in Oklahoma, and it's about hundred degrees today in Oklahoma, so he's happy to be indoors talking to us. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio twelve fifty AM, the Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Well, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan, I'm Mike McGivern, again flying solo this week. Our special guest, he's an author, high school administrator in Oklahoma, and uh, he's written two books that we'll get to later in the show, The Mentor and The Captain. He is Ryan Shelton. And Ryan, before we get to uh, the point of me asking you for your testimony, off the air, we talked a little bit about uh, the Ebo Elders interview last week, and you had a chance to take a listen to that. And uh, man, what a powerful interview that was. Well, you said it. That was a powerful interview. Um that story, um, the one one thing I noticed, this theme that kind of ran throughout, was that we really don't know what God's plans are in our life. So, you know, when he was on the brink of suicide, yeah. uh, God worked, you know, somehow found a way to speak to him, and things things got better, and he trusted in God. Uh, all, all he had to do was trust in God's plan, and that's I think that's a lesson for all of us to take away. I know when I try to make my own plans, sometimes God just kind of laughs and says, you really think that's what you got going for you right now, huh? Yeah, and you know what, it, Ryan, and we keep doing that. Like, I keep doing it as well. Like, no, no, I got this. I got this part. Just help me over here. 
you help me over here, I'll be okay. And it's like, no, that's not the way this works, man. You know what? Either you're going to just give it all, give it all over to him and say, okay, you know what? I'm taking your direction. You go ahead with this thing. But you, you know what? We're very, I don't know about you, but I'm really prideful sometimes. And I'm like, no, no, I got this. Trust me. I'm good with this. It's this other part that I need your help with, but you can stay out of this part. And that doesn't work. Man. I don't know what I'm thinking. And then when when the part that I think I've got doesn't work, I'm like, I can't believe that didn't work. Well, and then it, you know, it, it dawns on me what a complete idiot I was for that. Hey, Ryan, there's no doubt the second segment on this show has become our favorite. And I would like to, uh, to ask you to please uh, share your testimony with us. Okay, I'm happy to. I, you know, I, I told you in the first sec, uh, segment that I grew up in a Christian household, but it was almost as if, uh, in in many cases, I was well, I was just being hypocritical in many many cases, which, you know, it is just human nature to sin. Obviously, I'm not going to ever say that was okay, but I certainly wasn't on fire for Christ. You know, there's no doubt about it. So when I went off to college. It was in my junior year, um, this, this event sort of happened that changed everything. It was, it was February. Um, it was on Valentine's Day. My girlfriend at the time had broken up with me right on Valentine's Day. So, of course, I was just, uh, you know, my, my heart was broken into a million pieces, and my attitude was in the toilet. And three days later, my mom calls me and says, Ryan, I'm sorry, I got some really bad news. I said, oh, okay, what is it? She says, uh, your, your friend, Amy Montgomery, has passed away. I said, what? Now, this is a childhood friend of mine. Her family and my family were really good friends. Uh, they had a farm. We'd go out and play on their farm. We had drifted apart in college, but and I hadn't talked to her since, like, the summer before when she had asked me some advice on what to do uh, about some college classes she was taking. So I asked her how, and she said she was murdered. And it it just, you know, it it, it really did something to me. I had never felt a hatred for God before. And at that moment, that's, I mean, I I shudder to even say that. It it almost feels like blasphemy, but it was was true at the time. I I hated God because I couldn't imagine why he would have taken such a beautiful, person out of this world. So I talked to a friend of mine who I'd gotten close to. Uh, She was a Christian. I was just starting to find good Christian friends on campus. And she kind of walked me through this, hey, you know, you need to, you need to tread water until you can find out a little bit more because God has his plan. You just don't know what this is. And it's hard to tell a grieving person that story, but that is what it is. So uh, that next weekend, I went to her funeral. It was in Wichita. And I come to find out, as I sit down with my mom and my dad, and, you know, and I'm doing everything I can to be you know, manly, you know, no crying, anything right. like that. The preacher says, well, Amy had planned her own funeral. Now, before I go any further, she didn't commit suicide. She, she was murdered. You know, uh, these guys came into the sandwich shop where she was working the late shift, they robbed the place, and on the way out, guy put a gun to the back of her head and just shot her for no reason whatsoever. Oh, so when this preacher said she had planned her funeral, he said she knew that her place wasn't on this earth, that this isn't our home. You know, heaven is our home. So when she was going to die, she wanted her funeral not to be sadness and tears, but she wanted it to be a joyous celebration where everyone praised God and where people came to Christ. So everyone starts singing these praise songs and everything. I'm just looking around bewildered. Yeah. Like, what is this? I can't believe this is what's going on. Everyone's supposed to be sad. Everyone's supposed to be grieving. And even though people were sad and they were grieving, they were praising God through this. And, you know, shame just... You know, shame just came upon me. Yeah. You know, I'm misting up thinking about it right now. I was so ashamed at what I had felt toward God. And at that moment, I decided I was going to rededicate my life 
to Christ. And one of the first things I did when I got back to campus was I joined the Baptist Student Union, and I got some better friends than what I was hanging out with. I quit the nightlife. Um, I enrolled in some uh, classes that got me into some mission work, and, you know, it's it's, kind of just gone from there. I I was uh, absolutely on fire from that point forward. And, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, even now that I'm almost 50 years old, my mission still hasn't changed, even though I'm not, say, going on college mission trips or anything like that anymore. I try to bring that that whole idea of, uh, of Christ's love to my job in particular, which um, I, I don't know if you want to talk about it in this segment or not, but um, there is a group that I created at my high school that kind of is uh, extending that that whole idea of uh, of mission work because uh, high schools are definitely a mission field. Hundred percent, and you know what? We can talk about it because that fits really well. Um, I think with your testimony, you know, it does. It, it you go from sitting in a church looking around, going, "Why are why are people singing praises to my friend who got murdered?" to then doing this in high school. What a, what a great journey the Lord has put you on. Yeah, it was it was strange. It's a strangest time. I didn't understand, but, I mean, looking back, you know, I see his perfect plan now, and it's, it's hard for me to ever doubt him again. 100%. So um, one of the things I want to do uh, at the high school I work at was create a Christian group, a place for Christians to get together and encourage one another. So I uh, got... Some of the uh, the kids that I went to church with, uh, I called them my uh, brain trust, and we got together and we said, okay, so what are we going to do? We're going to start inviting people, or we're going to just start meeting. And uh, of course, everything has to be student led, which I was cool with that. Um, and we decided to start looking into national groups. You know, FCA immediately came to mind, and I got to look, I got to asking around. We already had an FCA on campus, so. We, we looked a little deeper, and we found this group called Students Standing Strong. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. Nope. Okay, so this, this, is, a, uh, this is a group that's out of Texas, um, state, uh, based basically out of the Waco area. So this nice lady, her name is Terri Ann Kelly, and a bunch of her friends, they decided they wanted basically the same thing what we were wanting. They wanted a place for kids to be encouraged and a uh, place for other students, uh, you know, at these schools to be able to uh, see what Christianity really was, and that it's it's not what is portrayed on TV, or you know uh, what what they hear in the hallways, uh, or or what is being mainstreamed to them. This this is people loving other people, right? You know, so we we started this group, Students Standing Strong. We started our chapter. Um, got with the, the organization. They got us set up with a bunch of lesson plans. Uh, our leaders just magically emerged, and uh, that first that first one, that first first meeting we had uh, held into my classroom before school began. Uh, we had forty kids show up, wow. and the room was just busting. Uh, we had kids standing up. It was so amazing. Amen. So, Amen. Yeah. Um, so we, we've kept that going for about five years. Now, since I've moved into administration, I can no longer be the sponsor of a group. So I handed it off to two of the teachers that uh, are, are on fire, absolutely on fire for Christ. Uh, their names are Derek Taylor and Jill Klein, and they're just wonderful, wonderful teachers, a great example of themselves, and they're keeping the group going. So it, it's exciting to, to see, you know, how – how God is working, you know, mysteriously, you know, with His plan, you know, that, you know, just like what Ebo Elder was saying, you know, we, we really don't know what God's plans are in our life, and if someone had said, uh, you're going to start a Christian group on your campus at your high school, well, and, once again, I would have said, yeah, that doesn't sound like me, no. And we're, talking, we're, we're talking to Ryan Shelton, again, author Ryan Shelton, he's a high school administrator in Oklahoma, um, he used to be an English teacher and a tennis coach, grew up in, in Kansas. Two quick uh, questions before we have to get to a break. Uh, do you, do you, um, are you the administrator at a public high school in Oklahoma? Yes, sir. I'm one of the assistant principals at a public school. 
And and so to be able to do something like students stand strong, um, no no pushback from from anybody. Oh no, it couldn't be any pushback because it uh, wouldn't be legal to push back. There's a uh, there's a law. Um, I can't think of what the laws are off the top of my head, but basically we can't infringe upon students' rights to worship in a school setting. Man. And second question, um, yeah, students uh, standing strong, that, that started their bases in Texas. You're in Oklahoma. Yes. yes. Texas and Oklahoma come football season. Y'all don't like each other a whole lot <laughs> is what I'm thinking, Ryan. And I don't know if my, my buddy, Pastor Ken Keller, is here. He'd be like, hold on, you didn't get anything good from from Texas, did you? We don't do that here in Oklahoma. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if the Texas fans and Oklahoma fans, when they meet at the pearly gates, are going <laughs> to have one last fight before they end it. Right. They're going to just, what, one little brawl, or hold on, you know, Lord, hold on one second. I just need to take care of some business before I do this. He is Ryan Shelton. Again, man, what a good man. He is an author, a father, a husband high school administrator. And we're going to talk about these two books, The Mentor and the Captain, on the other side of the break. Again, these books are available on Amazon. The Mentor and the Captain, his name is Ryan M. Shelton. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern, and Pastor Ken Kellner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight, you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is... Well, welcome back to Faith in the Zone. On 1250 AM, the fan I'm Mike McGeeran, our special guest. Man, he's been a good one. He's Ryan Shelton. He's an author a father, husband, uh, high school administrator, and the two books that he has written, the first book, The Mentor, second book, The Captain, and um, both are available on Amazon. Ryan, let's talk a little bit about that journey uh, of writing these two books. Sure. Um, writing has just never really been a, an issue for me. You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, how hard is it to write a book? And the answer is really it's not that hard. You know, you just... Uh, when it comes to fiction, you put a couple of uh, people in a particular situation, and then you watch them work themselves out. So all I got to do is daydream and write down what I daydream. You know, okay. I, I don't know that that's how this one came about, uh, or how these this series came about. Um, the mentor itself, uh, I, I wrote this because uh, my students were having a, a hard time uh, with, with their self value. Um, a lot of students, they, they just, they, they have special gifts. You know, every, everyone has special gifts. God bestows us all with special gifts. There's no doubt about that. So many of uh, my students either wouldn't use the gifts or they wouldn't believe in themselves or they didn't have somebody to believe in them or they wouldn't accept the help or whatever the, the case may be. And I, I wanted them to have a book of hope. So when I was playing, you know, uh, baseball and softball and uh, even tennis, you know, and on the inside of my, my cap, I'd put on my cap, I'd, I'd write uh, Philippians 4.13. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, this, this was always something as an athlete, uh, a verse that I had really focused on. So I thought, how can I focus an entire novel around that, that one biblical quote? You know, this, this quote from Paul that is so powerful. Um, and immediately I thought about this first time I, I went to the Baptist Student Union in college. The this, this speaker, he said, um, this, the message was, hey, you need to find a mentor. Whatever your situation is, don't go through life you know, trying to make your own decisions. Run major decisions by a mentor, somebody who's older than you, who's experienced, who's made mistakes, 
and who has atoned for those mistakes and wants to help you. I said, okay, mm. now we're on to something. Right. So when I was thinking about a mentor, there were three people I had in mind. Um, the first one was Bob Dole, a uh, former U.S. senator from Kansas. He has a story about when he went off to war, he, uh, his, his right arm became shriveled, uh, I think it was due to shrapnel, and he had always wanted to be a basketball player at Kansas University, so when he got back, he tried to strengthen his arm. One night, his parents found him out in the barn. He had strung up his right arm from a rafter, and he was trying to uh, strengthen it by hanging his right arm from that rafter and trying to pull himself up. He and the, 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 the pressure or the stress, the pain, had made him pass out, and he's just hanging there by his arm. Oh, man. I thought, that's, that's pretty powerful. Yep. And then, of course, I thought about my dad because my dad was such a, a great mentor in my life. You know, talk about the, the consummate wise man who never said much, but whatever he said, you made sure you write, wrote down. And there's another guy in our town. His name was uh, Grandpa Howell. Um, and we all referred to him affectionately as Grandpa Howell. He was a former Major League Baseball scout. So whenever somebody wanted help with their pitching, like in Little League or Babe Ruth or whatever, they'd go to Grandpa Howell's house, and he'd just go out free of charge, and they'd uh, teach kids how to pitch. So I kind of put all three of those uh, those those key people in my life, uh, even though Bob built on my life, you know, but these three key people together sure. and turned them into this one grandpa-like uh, figure who was going to help this young student, his name is Vincent, with his gift. He has a gift for pitching, but he never had anybody to believe in him. So throughout the book, Grandpa Howell and his wife, who was based off a, an old English teacher I had, Mrs. Uh, Balzer was her name, uh, these two people help this, this kid that has no, uh, no home life to speak of, uh, a, bunch, you know, a, a bunch of anxiety about even going to school or, or uh, no, no hope whatsoever, and help him develop the gift so that he can get a scholarship to go to college and escape what uh, has been a, a pretty difficult life. Well, and, and so, reading, and you know what, Ryan, reading a little bit, and I, and I took a couple notes, and, and to get people to understand, um, and this is Grandpa Dean is the name of the character in the book, um, yeah. it talks about Vincent, and he will need his newfound faith in Christ to overcome his shady coach, the coach's bully of a son, and the local drug dealer, all of whom are intent on wrecking his dreams. So, look, I, first of all, this sounds like like a movie my, my wife might watch on Hallmark kind of thing, and there's <laughs> some things in here that I read that, look, if, if, if you are a parent, an uncle, an aunt of, of watching kids play sports, if you're a coach, and I know a lot of high school coaches that listen to this show because they talk to me about it quite a bit, you know, this, this book called The Mentor, is, is something, again, Ryan Shelton is the author. If you Google it on Amazon, there are two books. That's the, the first in the two. I would, I would start with The Mentor, and then when you get caught up in Vincent's life and, and you get uh, caught up in the Grandpa Dean's life, you're going to want to pick up the captain, but start with The Mentor. And, and again, when, when I talk about that kind of stuff, we've all, especially you guys that have coached, you know, we've, we've met kids that need our help. And, and, and that's what we do. And, and hopefully you're not the shady coach that Vincent has to get through to get to his dreams. You don't want to be that guy. And if you have a son on the team, make sure he's not the bully. And let's make sure that none of these local drug dealers get their hands on any of these kids that we coach. But, you know, that, that just kind of sets you up for what this book is about, um, the mentor and, and, uh, I'm going to pick this book up, and I know that I'll pick up The Captain right after I get done reading The Mentor because with the, the amount of research I did on uh, for this interview, I, I looked at a lot of different clips, and, and they're all like, you know, they're, they're, they're yelling out to me, hey, you know what, this is something you need to read because it's going to probably, you know, it's going to be a quick read because that's the kind of stuff that I really like. Um, how long did it take you to write The Mentor? I, I usually try to finish a manuscript in a summer. So uh, most years I'll, I'll just knock out a manuscript in a summer, and then uh, if it's picked up for publication, then, uh, you know, the, the process of editing and uh, the galley pages and everything else, that's, that's a whole other story. That, that takes, uh, at the very least, a year. Well, and my but, favorite, hey, my favorite paragraph, and, and this is, uh, 
in the beginning when you're talking about, you know, thanking people and you say, look, I owe everything to God. That's number one, for whom all blessings flow. But very close, here it is, the second line. I also owe a lot to my wife, Angela, who has become a super mom so, so that I could attend to the particulars of the book. In addition, she has directly given countless hours to this book, and she's the person I bounce everything off. And then you talk about your three wonderful kids, Andrew and, and Ezra and Nisa. Is it Nisa? Yes, sir. Uh, Nisa, for being the inspiration in your life. You know, it's it's almost like Vince Lombardi, man. It's your faith, your family, and the Green Bay Packers, right? So this is your faith and your wife and your kids, which I just, uh, I really like that. Right in writing, you know, right down in the beginning of this book, when, when he talks about, look, I owe everything to God, but then then Angela and my kids, and then he goes into his entire family for their love and support. You know, I'm just really happy and, and thankful that, that that's the direction you took right off the off the jump with this book. Well, I appreciate you using me in the same sentence with Vince Lombardi. I mean, <laughs> that's about as high a compliment as I can imagine. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'd do without my family. They're uh, They're everything to me. Uh, in fact, my wife, uh, she is. Uh, she was the inspiration for one of the characters in the second book, The Captain, the uh, girl that Vincent falls in love with. Man, that's that's awesome. And yeah, hopefully you don't have to give her any royalties on that. You didn't sign any contracts with her because you didn't <laughs> go through me as your agent on this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Hey, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, and again, uh, these two books, he's Ryan M. Shelton. He's an author in the books, The Mentor and the Captain. Are, go, go online, go go on Amazon. I, I know that, um, who was the publisher? Was it was it Martin Sisters Publishing? Is that correct? Yes, yes. And their, their website is martinsisters.kentuckydesigns.com. You know what? Let's uh, let's do that. Let's guys, if you want to, or gals, if you want to read these books, let's Google Martin Sisters Publishing. And that, that will get you to where you want to go. Uh, Melissa Newman, uh, Denise Melton, uh, who you thanked. Martin Sisters Publishing. If you want to buy these books, that's where I would recommend you go ahead. The first one in the two is The Mentor. The second book, The Captain. Um, I've gone on both uh, both websites, but Martin Sisters Publishing is where you're going to want to go and and pick those books up. And And I can tell you that... You know, everything that I've read for most of the people that listen to this show, this is going to be a really good read and a really interesting book for you to pick up. Again, Martin Sisters Publishing, Google that, and you'll be able to find uh, these books. And Ryan M. Shelton, who is the author, this is Faith in the Zone. On 1250 AM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight, you picked okay. where Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan I have Mike McGivern, our special guest. He's been good, he's been fun. Ryan M. Shelton, he's an author, he's a high school administrator, he is a, a father and a parent, and I told him during the break that the way I found him was, you know, it was one of these nights I wasn't sleeping, I came into the office at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I, I googled Christian sports authors, and and I'm telling him, because I'm going to find it again, it was like Tony Dungy and Tim Tebow, and Ryan M. Shelton. That's why I was so surprised you got back to me so quick. I'm like, man, this guy, you know, he's probably out in California signing autographs or something. And he, he's like, I'm on a list with who? Oh, boy, I can't wait to tell my wife this, man. My head's starting to get big as we speak. So I, I'm just happy that we've had a chance to meet Ryan Shelton. And I look forward to reading these books, The Mentor 
and the captain. I'm going to start with the mentor. Um, I'm going to go and, and I'm going to ask you if you're going to pick up these books or you want to know more about them, Martin Sisters Publishing. I just Googled it on my phone. Martin Sisters Publishing, you're going to be able to find Ryan M. Shelton as the author. The Mentor's the first book you want to pick up. The Captain is the second. Hey, Ryan, we've only got a few minutes left uh, in the show. And I, I'm going to ask you the same question I've asked a lot of people here the last year on this show, and that is with all the sports teams that you've ever played on, from you know college tennis to little league baseball to little little kid football, whatever you want to think about, if I took all of those uniforms you've ever put on in your life and I put them in the closet and said you get one match or one game left, what uniform do you pull out? Who do you play against and why? Well, initially, the first thing that comes to mind is the you know the match in college that I lost to go to nationals. You know, one one bad ball that hits the 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 net and then bounces over my head and into the court behind me. But you know, I think I'm going to go to a different direction. You know, instead of telling that sob story and just <laughs> try to replay that point. Um, when Growing up, my brother and I always admired the uh, the, the Shelton softball team. You yeah. know, we uh, we played for Pizza Hut. Uh, it was my dad and my three uncles. Uh, dad was second. Uncle Dick was on shortstop. Uncle Kenny was in left field, and Uncle Ronnie was pitcher. And it was practically the Shelton team. And when uh, my brother Chris got old enough to play on that team. Uh, you know, he he was he was getting in there and mixing it up, and you know, all, I could not wait until I was old enough to do it. And then my dad got to the point where, you know, it was about time to retire. He had to uh, go back behind the plate to play catcher because he just couldn't move like he used to build, so he couldn't turn the double play anymore. And it was the, the one of the very last games of the year of the season that he retired. We were at this tournament, and I brought all my stuff just in case they needed me, but I was still a little bit young. And... Um, whether they took mercy on me or whether they saw it as, hey, this is the last opportunity to get all of the Sheltons out there, yeah. you know, uh, they let me suit up for one game. Oh. Uh, so we had the three uncles, my dad, my brother, and me playing all in the same field all at once. And, you know, dad's no longer with us. He passed away. Uh, it'll be 10 years in September. So just to have that opportunity to play ball with dad one more time – and on top of that, I would put it uh, at the field of dreams. Yes, what, <laughs> what, the setting. Was it? Uh, yeah, I think that's the game. I would. Uh, that's the game I would. Hold, hold on, was it really at the field of dreams? No, I, oh. that's where I would put it. Oh so. goodness! I thought, holy cow! That hey, that Ryan, there's awesome. a whole other book right there. That would be right? a whole other book. How fun that must have have been for for you guys and. And the whole, I, I can't imagine what it was like, you know, half hour after the game where you guys are all sitting around having a soda or whatever, um, just talking about playing, you know, basically it was the Shelton team at that point. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know it, it's one of those things where you're in the moment and you just don't think about the future. Hey, you know, we're never going to have this opportunity right. again. Sometimes we just don't realize the monumental moments in our life until afterwards when we have to look back you know, through pastoral lens and say, wow, that was a really great time. Yeah, that I, was a really great time. I agree. And, and that makes, sometimes it makes it kind of sad that you don't, and, and look, this happens to everybody, but you don't understand or really realize it in the moment. And then when you can't get that moment back, you know, if for, for whatever reason, it makes it difficult. Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate this. Again, he is Ryan Shelton. He's an author. If you want to look up uh, the book, The Mentor, or The Captain, The Mentor is the first of the two. Martin Sisters Publishing is where you're going to want to go. And uh, do yourself a favor. Look it up and start reading parts, some transcripts in it. And, and, I'm, sh and I'm sure that you're going to want to pick it up because it really has caught my attention. And uh, I will definitely pick this thing up by, again, going to Martin Sisters Publishing to pick it up. Ryan Shelton, thank you very much. Make sure your air condition is working. And, and, you know, when you're if you ever come on back on and I've got Pastor Ken, don't talk about living in Oklahoma be, being a Kansas fan. Don't do it. <laughs> and don't ever talk a little bit about that whole thing with, with students standing strong, you know, Texas and Oklahoma working together on something. That's going to put them in the fetal position.
Yeah, we might have to mix that up just a little bit. Uh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate your time. And uh, to all your fans out there uh, in Wisconsin, uh, hey, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. That's a, that's a great championship, and uh, we were rooting for them all the way. Man, that's awesome. I know we talked. You are a Wisconsin fan. You come up to the state quite a bit with your family, and we thank you for that. Again, he is Ryan Shelton. He's an author, the book The Mentor and The Captain. Ryan, have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. You bet. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 AM and 8 PM. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus When Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing And once again, Toyota is leading the way we hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future, in vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.